Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for The Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age, and you, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash The Viking Age. All right, later on, on today's show, we've got Jason Reed from boltbeat.com. He covers the Chargers for Boltbeat. Uh, that is a a member of the fan-sided network, so he's going to come on, tell us a little bit more about the Chargers, the Vikings' Week 10 opponent. Uh, they are 5-3, and three, and the Vikings are 3-5. and five. This game is in Los Angeles, and as of Wednesday, the Chargers are favored by three points. Uh, they like to play in close games, and so do the Vikings, so if you're hoping for a game this weekend, a Vikings game this weekend that wasn't going to be close, this is not the week that uh, it's going to happen. So, But before we get to that, we need to talk about something that's uh, pretty serious, and that is the news that came out on Tuesday that Dalvin Cook was involved in a domestic abuse incident. Now, when this news first came out on Tuesday, Adam Schefter reported that Dalvin Cook was reportedly involved in a domestic abuse incident in which he was the victim and he was reportedly being trying to be extorted by this person as well. Uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk later reported that this incident took place roughly a year ago, and Zach Hiller, Dalvin Cook's agent, told Schefter that there was a lawsuit that is pending as a result of this alleged incident. But a little later on, the Star Tribune released their own report which included details from the lawsuit uh, that Dalvin Cook's accuser, which is Graceland Trimble, uh, that is her name. She is the person accusing Dalvin Cook of uh, battery and assault, uh, and I believe maybe uh, false imprisonment or or something of that nature. For, for forgive me if I I've got that detail wrong, but um, you know there's there's a lot going on right now. So this is a little bit just from what the Star Tribune included in their article from the lawsuit. So Trimble flew to Minnesota uh, about a year ago in November to break up with Cook and get her things from his home. She entered through his garage and while she was entering, she grabbed some mace uh, that she stored in there previously uh, on her way in. She said uh, in the lawsuit that Cook got angry when she asked for his help and gathering her things Cook grabbed her arm and slung her whole body over a couch, slamming her face into a coffee table and causing her lower, causing her lower forehead and the bridge of her nose to bust open. She then attempted to spray mace at Cook, but he overpowered her and the mace went into her eyes. Uh, she then went to shower uh, and that is when she was allegedly assaulted again. Uh, then Trimble went into a bedroom, grabbed Delvin Cook's gun, and called a friend. Um, Cook overheard her uh, and threatened her and allegedly beat her with a broomstick. This is everything that Delvin Cook is being accused of 
in the civil lawsuit filed by Graceland Trimble um, on Wednesday. I believe it was tried to be filed on Tuesday, but uh, officially on Wednesday. Uh, There's some photos that have been posted of the, you know, alleged injuries that Dalvin Cook caused. They are, uh, they're not, they're not pretty. You can find them if you would like. They are on the internet. Just quick search. Uh, you, you will be able to find them. But um, c- shortly after this uh, report from the Star Tribune was released, Dalvin Cook's attorney, da- David Valentini, released his own statement, you know, declaring his client's innocence and that he was not the initiator in this uh, incident. It was Miss Trimble. So Dalvin Cook has, has maintained his innocence. He spoke to the media on Wednesday, you know, saying that he's the victim in this. Um, and he can't really comment on anything just because of legal matters and that. And same thing with Mike Zimmer. He said he doesn't really know a whole lot about it, you know, and everyone expects Dalvin Cook to play on Sunday against the Chargers. Now people might be like, why, why is Dalvin Cook going to play if he's being accused of this, you know, terrible things? Uh, just it's the NFL co- personal conduct policy. This is a civil matter. If Dalvin Cook was charged with a crime, then yeah, he would be taken off the field. But since this is just a civil matter uh, right now, until Dalvin Cook is charged with a crime, he can still play based on the NFL's personal conduct policy. Until he is charged with a crime, then the NFL and, and the Vikings don't really seem like they they have any intention of you know taking him off the field. Uh, so they're, the Vikings are doing their, you know, investigation, gathering information. Same thing with the NFL. They're all figuring it out. And uh, that's that's basically it. You know, both sides have their their own side of the story. There's a bunch of other stuff on the internet that you can find. You know, that's whether it's true or not. That's for, you, for, for people to figure out or make an opinion about on their own. Uh, but right now, I'm not about to side with side with Dalvin Cook. I'm not about to side with Graceland Trimble. You know, that's for the the courts to figure out, and uh, that's probably what's going to happen. I don't I don't expect anything, a resolution or anything to come out of this anytime soon. Um, so you know, we're probably going to be hearing about this for for a while. But you know, this is just another thing in this Viking season that just seems to be you know, snowballing one thing after another, whether it's the COVID stuff, whether it's, you know, Jalen Twyman getting shot before the season season even started, you know, guys going down with injuries. Um, You know, it's just, it's one of those seasons, you know, you think back like 2010 or, or what, 20, even 2016 when Teddy went down with that terrible injury. Like obviously this incident with Dalvin Cook is, you know, way way worse than pretty much anything that's happened in the last few years that has to do with the vikings um so and it needs to be taken seriously because this this if if it's true that Dalvin cook did these things then he needs to be punished and if it's not true then graceland trimble needs to be punished for for not telling the truth but like i said i'm not about to side with Dalvin cook i'm not about to side with graceland trimble that's for the courts to decide but enough of that. Uh, let's get to some some football talk. The Vikings are playing the Chargers this weekend in L.A. And I talked to Jason Reed to find out more about the Chargers. Let's just get to that conversation right now. All right. We are now joined 
by Jason Reed from BoltBeat.com. It's the uh, Los Angeles Chargers site on the fan-sided network. He is here to help us learn more about the Chargers as they are the Vikings' Week 10 opponent. The Chargers are 5-3 and three this year, and the Vikings are 3-5. and five. I believe last time I checked, the Chargers were favored by three points, and this game is in L.A., um, so kind of, the line's a little small, it feels like, for for the home team. But, you know, they've had a bunch of close games this year, too, so maybe that probably factors into it. Uh, but welcome to the show, Jason. Thank you for having me on, Adam. Uh, you mentioned the line and it being pretty low for a home team. Um, as much as I love the Chargers, and while the fans have been getting better, um, it's not necessarily a full home game, so that mm. might factor into it a bit. <laughs> mm. Okay, so it's still got the so there should be a bunch of purple in the stands, like uh, what was it a couple years ago when it was in the soccer stadium when I felt like it's probably at least fifty percent was was Vikings fans in there. Yeah, I don't think it'll be as bad. Um, right, right. One thing a lot of people like outside of LA didn't really know because I don't expect them to know is when we played at, I say we, like I'm part of the Chargers, when the Chargers played at uh, StubHub, now Dignity Health, uh, ticket prices were absurd. There was only, you know, 20,000, 30,000 seats. Mm -hmm. Um, So the cheapest in-the-door ticket was like 350, 400 bucks. I mean, I bought my dad tickets one year. Yeah, (laughs) it was insane. So when these other teams, you know, teams like the Vikings, the Steelers with big fan bases, when they came to L.A., a Vikings fan in L.A. is more likely to pay a lot than a Chargers Mm -hmm. fan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now in... So far, it's a little bit more accessible. It's cheaper. Um, so I think it'll be better. That being said, it's probably still going to be 50-50 at best. So. That's where the <laughs> that's where the Super Bowl is this year, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a really nice stadium. Um, I don't live too far away. Neither do you. But I, and I, haven't, but I haven't seen it in person because mostly because I try and avoid L.A. as much as possible. Um, <laughs> <Don't> blame you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get into the, the Chargers facing the Vikings this week. How would you describe... The Chargers season so far, what, eight games into their season? Oh, man. Um, if I had one word, I would probably, <laughs> this is kind of mean to the fans, I would probably say overreaction because uh, the Chargers came out of the gates super hot, you know, very tough early schedule. Um, you know, later half of the schedule gets a bit easier. Came out of the gates with a 4-1 and one record, beat the Chiefs, beat the Browns, beat the Raiders on Monday Night Football, played the Cowboys close, mm-hmm. and it was Super Bowl bound, you know, and I mean, fans always typically overreact a little bit. <laughs> um, I'm guilty of it myself. And then we they lost two games in a row, so mm-hmm. the Ravens and the Patriots both were ugly, and then all of a sudden it was the offensive coordinator is horrible, the play <laughs> calling is terrible, you know, all, all the fun stuff, even though they were a 4-3 and three football team. Sitting at five and three with a good win over the Eagles. Um, look, it's a team that has an identity, which is something that I couldn't say the previous years, mm-hmm. but I still think it's establishing said identity. And I think there are holes that you can exploit. I think if you look at the Chargers' top end talent, it can go toe to toe with any team in the league, but there's holes that especially the Vikings um, mm-hmm. can exploit, which is scary. <laughs> It sound it sounds pretty similar to the Vikings and, and except for the fact that the, the Chargers have been in close games and they've come out on top in those close games, unlike the Vikings who seem to not do that, at least this year. Uh so Justin Herbert, he is their starting quarterback in his second year. He had a really good year last year. Offensive rookie of the year. We'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> um But how is he looking, you know, 
this year compared to last season, is there anything that stands out that's maybe pretty significantly different than what some of the things he was doing last year? So last year it was a lot of, I mean, the coaching one wasn't great. They didn't put him in a great position to succeed. He had the worst offensive line in the league, if not the worst, you know, one of the bottom three. Um, it was a lot of just his raw talent kind of taken over. And, you know, I don't want to give full credit to Herbert and not give the coaching staff from last year any credit, but it was a lot of that. Whereas this year you could tell it's a lot more, it's a lot more methodical. It's a lot more looking at pre-snap reads, um, kind of deciding who your pre-snap target is. Um, not to say that he's not looking through his progressions, but kind of you could see a better understanding of it. Um, we've seen him this year make a lot more closely contested throws. And I think that's by design because he can do that. Um, the one thing I will say about Herbert this year is kind of like the Chargers, you know, and the Chargers kind of go with how Herbert plays is started the season. Great, you know, MVP conversation. Then he had two pretty bad games against the Ravens and the Patriots. And, you know, as much as, you know, I say the offensive coordinator shouldn't be fired, you know, it kind of was the play callings fault. Like, you know, the Ravens and Patriots, two really well coached teams. And the, they were kind of the Chargers, Joe Lombardi. He was the Saints uh, quarterbacks coach before this. Mm-hmm. The offense was predicated on, you know, pre-snap reads, kind of finding out the matchup you like and exploiting that. Um, those two teams kind of realized that and they were really good at disguising the pre-snap reads mm-hmm. where against the Ravens, we were throwing to our rookie receiver against Marlon Humphrey because that's what the pre-snap read said to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then the Justins were a little late. The Patriots exploited it a little bit as well. And then against the Eagles, you know, the Chargers made the proper changes. We got more kind of a moving pocket, you know, more pre-snap motion, all this stuff. And Herbert looked great. So um, I think we've made the adjustment to the adjustment. So that's a good thing and a bad thing for the Vikings, hopefully. <laughs> Man, I just got really – you just talked about disguising uh, defensive defenses and coverages and everything. I just got really sad because I realized that Harrison Smith is out for this game as well uh, after he missed last week, which is a huge break for the Chargers and not good for the Vikings because he is someone who – will line up on the line of scrimmage, show that he's going to blitz, quickly move to the you know other side of the deep end of the field, look at he's going to coverage, and then come in and blitz or something like that. Like He's he's never given away uh, what he's doing. All right, Herbert, last year I mentioned one rookie of the year. There's a few Vikings fans who maybe thought <laughs> Justin Jefferson might have deserved it more than Justin Herbert because he broke a record that was, what, 20... I don't even know if it was, it was, it was more than Randy Moss. And then I think the, the other, the person who has the record did it in like the sixties or the fifties or something. Um, so that I don't even really count that. Um, but why do you think Herbert deserved to win the rookie of the offensive rookie of the year award over Justin Jefferson last year? Oh, well, there's <laughs> obviously the quarterback bias. Let's mm-hmm. pretend like, yeah, let's not pretend like it's not there. I it mean, is. it's, I mean, the quarterback is the MVP every year. Um, but Jefferson broke records, but so did Herbert. I mean, yeah, yeah. Herbert didn't get the passing yards record. He only started 15 games and he came up like 37 yards short. I don't know the number off the top of my head. Um, and Anthony Lynn, even though the Chargers were up two touchdowns against the Chiefs week 17 in a meaningless game, should have just kept throwing the ball so Herbert could get that record and didn't. Uh, thanks, Anthony Lynn. <laughs> um, but he had like the passing touchdowns record, the combined touchdowns record, most games, you know, 300 yard games, um, completion percentage, all this great stuff that was up there with the all time greats. Um, so really it came down to a record setting quarterback year and a record setting uh, receiver year. Yeah. We're going to give it to the quarterback every time. But I mean, this is obviously hindsight. We didn't know this at the time is, you know, you see these young quarterbacks, you see Justin Fields who look good on Monday night, but you see Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones has been good, but 
you're seeing these rookie quarterbacks kind of struggle. And I feel like it makes Herbert more impressive, you know, in mm-hmm. comparison, mm-hmm. whereas Jefferson, what he did was great. I'm not trying to discredit Jefferson, but his records might get broken this year by Jamar chase. So yeah, these, you know, true. that's so true. it's like, it's, it's today's NFL. And it's like, is a rookie receiver more set up to succeed than a rookie quarterback? Who knows? Um, really, it could have gone either way. I wouldn't have been, you know, upset if Jefferson got it. I kind of knew the whole time Herbert would get it just because, you know, he's a quarterback. Um, but I don't know, maybe if the Vikings made the playoffs, I think that should have factored in, you know, Jefferson should have got it, but two losing teams. So what can you say? (laughs) Yeah. That damn quarterback bias always, uh, (laughs) you know, you need, you need Adrian Peterson to run for like 3000 yards to get MVP. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) She almost did. Um, all right, so we talked about Justin Herbert. He seems he's obviously the the focus of the Chargers offense. But who are some of the other Chargers offensive players uh, who are playing well this season? Well, we talk about quarterback bias, so I want to start here first. Um, Rayshon Slater, left tackle. Yeah. If there wasn't a just a, it's a quarterback bias, but it's also like an offensive lineman, you know, anti bias because who really cares about the offensive lineman? Like obviously, football fans care, but not the general media. Um, Slater's been statistically like one of the top five left tackles in the league. And if there was, you know, any love for offensive linemen, he'd probably win rookie of the year. He's not just because tackles don't <laughs> yeah. win. Um, but that's huge because we haven't had a franchise left tackle in cheese. I don't know how long back in the 2006 LT days. Um, also an MVP at a running back. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So Slater's huge. Uh, Eckler's been great this year. Kind of the dual threat, you know, passing game, running game. The backup running backs have been horrible. Eckler's keeping the whole room afloat. And if he gets hurt, the Chargers are in serious trouble. They will not be able to run the football. Um, and then you have the, the combo of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I mean, Mike Williams started the year on fire. He was top five in most receiving stats like five weeks through the season. He's cooled down a little bit. But as he's cooled down, we've started to see you know bigger games from Keenan Allen. So the Chargers really do have, much like the Vikings, uh, two you know number one receivers that they can attack you with. The tight end room is kind of a, you know, there's not one guy that stands out, but, you know, Jared Cook, Donald Parham, uh, Steven Anderson, they can all, you know, kind of split the workload and, you know, give like tight end one production. So it's an offense with a lot of weapons and uh, finally an offensive line that could block for him. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, I uh, uh, Vikings fans can relate because Christian Derrissaw, their, their first round pick this year, he's a left tackle. He just started playing um, a couple weeks ago and he's been, he's been, you know, not looking like a rookie out there. He's been looking, you know, very well. I think he's either met or exceeded people's expectations. So Vikings don't feel as bad about not getting uh, Rashawn Slater um, like some people might have wanted. Uh, yeah, for sure. I know a lot about Darisaw. Yeah. I know a lot about Darisaw just because that's two Charger fans expected because yeah. Slater wasn't expected to go right. all the way yeah. to 13. So I did a lot of scouting and like, I really like Derisaw. So, you know, you guys have a good one for sure. Yeah. Traded down, right? You could have got AVT and traded down, ended up still getting Derisaw. Yeah, they got him in the in the 20s, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was good. All right. So the Chargers, we haven't even mentioned this. They have a new coach this year. They got rid of Anthony Lynn after a few years. Um, and now it's Brandon Staley. So what mm-hmm. what would you say? You mentioned this team has an identity this year, but what would you say are some of the biggest differences in terms of head coaching style that Staley brings that maybe Anthony Lynn didn't have? I think Vikings fans can appreciate this because Mike Zimmer is uh, kind of on the hot seat. Um, <laughs> Anthony Lynn coached to not lose. Yep. Brandon Staley coaches to win. I mean, I, I'm sure you've seen it. He's going for fourth down in his own territory. 
I mean, the Eagles game, we went for it on fourth down twice in the game when he drive, the second of which probably both of them, but the second of which definitely could have tried a long field goal, probably would have missed on the road, 50 yard field goal, you know, not terrible conditions, but not great. It's outdoor stadium. Um, but no, he trusts his offense, fourth and one quarterback sneak. They get it. They milk the clock and they kick the game winning chip shot, you know, to end the game. Um, it's things like that. Now, there's going to be games where they go for it and it doesn't work. And of course, you know, people aren't going to be happy and it is what it is. But the NFL is so talented. The difference between, you know, the top teams and the mid teams are, you know, so small. And in the past with Anthony Lynn, it was such a get out to a 10 point lead and you're just trying to protect it. You're just trying to protect it. That's not Brandon Staley. I mean, we haven't had a blowout win yet, but Brandon Staley is the guy who will throw it, you know, 50 yards downfield up 14, just because, you know, he wants to extend the lead and he'll go for it on fourth down. I'm sure Vikings fans will see it. And Mm -hmm. um, just his coaching style. He does like what an opposing fan doesn't want him to do. Cause every time you watch a game and the other teams on offense, you're always like, Oh, just, just punt it here. Just kick the field goal. Like we don't want them to go for this fourth and one, you know, or yeah. we don't want them to go for this, you know, fourth and goal from the four. And he's always like, no, nah, we're going to go for it. And I trust my guys. And sometimes it's not going to work out, but over the long run, you have an elite quarterback. It's going to work. So he plays to win. And the Vikings are very similar to the chargers last year. So yeah. I don't know, unless you guys can turn around, hopefully you can find yourself a brand daily. Um, yeah, that's definitely how the Vikings are playing this year. It's like, because they've had a lot of leads and then in the second half, it just seems like they're like, okay, let's just uh, coast and uh, not try and, you know, score or anything. And it's come back to bite them a lot. Um, and then you mentioned going forward on fourth down. That's how it seemed like all last week when they were play- playing the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, like that team, you're talking about going forward on fourth down. They go for it like every time. Yeah. I don't <laughs> even know if the punter like gets to punt at all because Lamar Jackson's like, no, we're staying on the field. We're staying on the field. I think they went for it like four times. Uh, last week, and they, I believe they converted on all of them. So, uh, not excited about that happening again <laughs> this week. So that should be fun. Um, are there any Chargers players this year that maybe uh, you don't have to call them maybe disappointing, but they haven't really lived up to the hype or the expectations that you might have had for them entering the season? There's a few. Um, I I get flack for this. Um, I'm usually try to be, excuse me, as big of a realist as possible with the yeah. chargers. Yeah. And I wouldn't say there is like one guy who I expected to be like, Oh my God, this guy is going to be really good. And he's kind of sucked. Um, that being said, there's definitely guys where it's like, okay, there's signs here. He's got to step up this year. And they haven't, um, opposite of Joey Bosa on the edge, you have, uh, Uchenna Nwosu. Um, you know, he was second round pick, I believe 2018, 2017, one of those years. Um, and he was playing behind Melvin Ingram and there was some expectations among the fan base and the team that he would step in for Ingram and be, you know, Joey Bosa's number two. And before the year, I kind of got flack for it. Cause I'm like, Hey, this guy has never played more than like 30% of the snaps in the season. There's a reason they've been keeping him off the field. Like we mm-hmm. haven't seen these signs of potential that everyone thinks we've seen, like, mm-hmm. you know, and he's been horrible. Like he hasn't been able to get to the quarterback. He, he's terrible against the run. Um, Kyle, Kyler Fackrell, who's kind of like his rotation mate, he hasn't been good either. So he can't get pressure off the other side. So teams are doubling and sometimes tripling Joey Bosa. Um, Chris Harris, veteran corner. He's been awful. Um, but I mean, old corner. I mean, you kind of expect it. Um, you know, you guys signed Patrick Peterson this past off season. I kind of didn't bat an eye at that move because I saw it with Chris Harris, like these old cornerbacks, they just get old really, really quick. Um, but besides that, I mean, there's not like one guy that kind of stands out like, 
man, this guy should should be much better. You know, it's kind of like these these middle ground players that have to step up that haven't stepped up is really where it's at. Have the Chargers had the same kicker all year long? No. So they started. Uh, so Michael Badgley was last year's kicker in the year before. He got cut for Tristan Viscano um, during camp. Yeah. And Tristan Viscano is the one who's missed all those extra points. He recently got cut. Now we have Dustin Hopkins. Former oh, not, not like Chargers have ever had. You know, they don't have a bad history with kickers. So it should be. <laughs> should be fine. Neither do the Vikings. So it should be fun. Very similar. Uh, fun game. Hopefully it doesn't come down to a last, you know, second kick, but it probably will with these two teams. Um, so Linval Joseph, he plays for the Chargers. Mm. He used to play for the Vikings. He was very good with the Vikings. Pro Bowl, defensive tackle. Uh, you could argue that it was the prime of his career. Um, but now he's with the Chargers. It's his second year um, in L.A. How has he looked? Look, he's looked really, really good. Um, last year, he was good. I wouldn't say really good. I wouldn't give him the R word. Um, but he was good. He was a serviceable vet. This year, he stepped up. Now, they are you know, reducing his snap counts a tad. He's still playing most of the snaps. But you know they take him out situationally, keep him fresh. But the run defense has been so bad, and he's been the one guy that's kind of provided some sort of interior pressure. Um, you know, Yeah, the numbers look bad when he's the nose tackle and you're allowing a lot of yards per game. But like the guys next to him are just so bad. But he's been, you know, holding it down in that regard. Get uh, rushing the passer. He's been really good. I wouldn't say he's a Pro Bowler, um, but he's been really, really good. You know, especially considering his age. And I'm usually against signing old guys. You know, when we signed Linval Joseph, obviously I was excited, but I was, mm-hmm. you know, cautiously optimistic. After this season, I wouldn't mind the Chargers re-signing him to a one or two year deal. Now, granted, I don't think the team should pay him big money, right. but to keep him around as like a veteran rotation guy. Um, you know, he's been really good. He's kind of earned that next contract, I would say. So we'll see if it keeps up, though. He's old, and as you know with these old players, uh, the second half of the season can look much different than the first half. So. Yeah, I love when we call these guys old, and they're like the same age as me. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> they're uh, football old. Yeah, they, they are. <laughs> All right, so look, heading into Sunday, what would you say concerns you the most about the Chargers, specifically in this matchup against the Vikings? <sighs> Kirk Cousins, just kidding. Not Kirk Cousins. Sorry, any Kirk Cousins truthers. Uh, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I could go have a whole other podcast about him. So we don't need to get into that. Whoever is carrying the ball for the Minnesota Vikings, which yeah. I will assume is Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Um, because like I mentioned, the run defense is horrible. We the Chargers allow the most rushing yards per game. I believe it's gone down. But two weeks ago, after the Ravens game, heading into the bye. They had the worst uh, yards per attempt in NFL history. Okay, that was like five point six five or five point eight five, whatever the number was. Um, and yeah, that's the concern. Is it's just it's just going to be a run fest. I mean, the secondary's banged up too, so Kirk Cousins in theory should be able to you know find Jefferson and Thielen. Um, but in theory, it's the, it's the running yeah, it's it's the running game that scares me because it's really similar to the Cleveland game where it was a yeah. shootout 47-42 where most Cleveland's yards were the run game. Um, but if it came down to it, like I think the Vikings will stay, you know, close with the chargers and because of the run game. But if it's like, Hey, Kirk cousins has the ball with a minute left, no timeouts. And he has to drive down and get a field goal, which is what Baker had to do. Um, I just, I'm not scared of Kirk cousins. You know, that's not saying he can't do it. You know, I already know Vikings Twitter is a uh, very prominent and I'm probably already getting some tweets at me, but I'm not scared of Kirk cousins with the ball. So I think, it's, you know, kind of getting that lead for the Vikings and protecting it. And if we get to a situation where the Vikings are down four and Kirk has the ball, I'm, I'll feel good. 
<laughs> yeah, he has two, I believe he has two game-winning drives, successful game-winning drives this year, Kirk Cousins. Uh, one against the Lions and the other one against the Panthers. Nice. So, and then he's had opportunities All against against the Cowboys uh, last week against the Ravens. So, you know, quality of opponent, probably a factor in him succeeding in those game-winning <laughs> drives. But the, we don't need to talk about that because there's some people who like to ignore that um, in the <laughs> Vikings world. All right, I'll leave you with this. Right now, looking at the AFC is pretty wide open, actually. Yeah. Um, what would you give your chances to – what what chances do you give the Chargers to just make the Super Bowl? Not win it, but just make it. Oh, man. Um, so, <laughs> it's tough because, like I said, this team has been – the highs have been high and the lows have been low. Mm-hmm. Look, I think the Chargers can beat anyone. I really do. It's just can they string together three wins against, you know, or two if they get a bye. But, I mean, you have to get that first. But mm-hmm. can they string together three wins against quality playoff opponents? That's tough. I don't even know like what a percentage would be. There's a chance there. I would say there, there is a chance like in previous years with Phil rivers, besides like the LT years, you know, you kind of had to stretch your imagination a little bit. If you know what I mean? Like I love Phil rivers. I love him so much, but mm-hmm. he didn't have a good offensive line and he got old and you know, everything, but like 2018, even when the team went 12 and four, it's like, okay, well, if this happens and this hat, like, with the Chargers, there's no you don't have to do mental gymnastics to see them in the Super Bowl this year. That being said, I think they're a year away. I think they are the what would it be? The 2017 Rams that lost to the Falcons in the playoffs. Um, they're they're gonna win a playoff game, maybe two, probably lose against a, a more experienced opponent, and then next year, you know, add the pieces, they have a bunch of cap space and really make a run for the Super Bowl. Um, but who knows? I mean, maybe that run is this year. Um, if it is going to be this year, you got to be, beat a team like the Vikings. That's for sure. <laughs> I lied. I thought of one other question because it's kind of Chargers related. What do you think the Chargers would have more success in the playoffs as a wild card team going on the road for all their playoff games, <laughs> or as like a two or a three seed? Um, I honestly don't think it matters okay. if you like. I, I don't think there's a difference. Obviously, there's a difference if they're they get a buy. Um, that would make a difference. But right. the difference between the second seed and the seventh seed, the only difference is who you play, really. So I, I don't think it matters. And I have an old saying. Uh, I mean, it's not always true, but I feel like it's true ninety percent of the time. You can't beat a good team twice. So if a team beats a team in the regular season, they play in the playoffs. Um, hmm. You know, the other team usually wins. Not always, but usually. And then you can't beat a division opponent thrice. It's three, three times. times. Yep. yep. If you sweep the division opponent. Um, probably not going to beat them in the playoffs. So kind of hoping the Chargers can lock down the division early, maybe lose to the Chiefs, uh, but still win the division. And then if they have to play again, can beat you, them. Want, you want them to lose to the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean... Because you, you don't want them to beat them three times or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Unless we beat them and it just knocks them out of playoffs. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. I have a Chiefs futures bet I just placed yesterday because the AFC is so wide open and they shouldn't be five and a half to one to win the AFC. That's absurd. Yeah, I don't know about the Chiefs. I'm, I'm getting... I'm starting to get worried about them making the playoffs when they're struggling against <laughs> what the Giants and who they just play. Uh, Jordan Love, <laughs> yeah, and the yeah the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm not. I don't know what's going on over there. Patrick Mahomes is he hurt or whatever? I, I, who knows? Um, <laughs> well, that'll do it for us today, Jason. Where can people follow you on Twitter? 
Um, you could check out Bolt Beat if you want Chargers content. I don't know if any Vikings fan. Right. Uh, you could tweet at us. I mean, we got plenty of tweets when we wrote about uh, the Chargers getting in an easy game against the Vikings oh, when the yeah. extra game was announced. Yeah. Um, that's BV underscore Chargers. Uh, my personal is at Eat Your Wheaties. Um, creative, like at, I like Eat Your Wheaties. Yeah. Um, my yeah. last name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come let me know what you think the game is. You know, I've had Vikings fans uh, making wagers with me a long time ago that may or may not be happening. So if you, anyone wants to make a wager, I'm here. I'm game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird kind of internet rivalry that I feel like brewed in, within the last year or yep. two, especially with the the Herbert and Jefferson stuff. Um, and then there was some like was like Madden stuff that was was going on this Something summer, dumb. or like Something the, dumb. the the team accounts were like going after each other i yeah i don't know um and then of course you know it's twitter so everyone's just gonna argue for just just to argue um so yeah, yeah it's a weird <laughs> it's just a a weird rivalry because what when's the last time the chargers beat the vikings was it 2011 i want to say oh, or t- 2011 or 2010 i know it was in uh qualcomm or whenever when it, it was there i think it was a season opener um it, it might have been 2011. Right. I, memory, I, I think, think it was so. 2011. The main Vikings memory I have is when Antonio Cromati returned the the, mm. the field goal attempt, whatever it was, 109 yards. It was mm-hmm. the longest play in NFL history. I think it was. That's yeah, the one thing I really think of. Missed field goal, and that was the same game that uh, Adrian Peterson broke the uh, the the rookie rushing record or whatever mm-hmm. or single game. Yeah, and I think the Vikings won that game. I think I they did. So, um, so yeah, there's some. And the, these teams are oddly, they have like an odd similar history and odd, like they both have had bad history with kickers and and they struggle Great like coaches. to go all the way in the playoffs. Like it's MVP running backs. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and they both had, yeah, they both had MVP running backs. They both, you know, had top rookies last year. It's just, there's a lot of similarities between these two teams. And I'm, I do think it's going to be close on Sunday, but that will do it for us. Make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter, on Facebook, subscribe to this podcast on the Apple podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.